Welcome to Talking Mom to Mom. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. My name is Lindsay and my co-host, whom you will meet shortly, is Rochelle. We are two moms on the opposite side of the same coin. Between the two of us, we have children at every age and stage and hope to inspire those homeschool moms who need to pick me up in their busy schedule, busy just like us. We have come to realize that the best way to approach this sanctifying work of motherhood is with a good dose of humor and humility. Thank you for joining us today. Now let's get on with the show. Hi, everybody. This is Rochelle from Talking Mom to Mom. Welcome to Episode 12. We are going to discuss choosing curriculum this week. If you joined us last week, we talked about uh, budgeting for your homeschool, your supplies, curriculum, and all of that good stuff. And we're taking it to the next level this week and talking about how to choose that curriculum. And the two go hand in hand, and we'll discuss that a little bit too as well. So we're excited to discuss this because there's nothing homeschool moms like more than discussing curriculum, at least for this me. I'm a curriculum junkie. So. I was just thinking that. I was like, this is like everybody's favorite topic. We're all getting our curriculum catalogs in the mail right now. And oh, I love the smell of new curriculum. <laughs> oh, opening those boxes. It's like Christmas when it comes. It is. It's for it moms. Really is. Christmas for moms. Yes. When they're little, sometimes they like it because it's always fun stuff. You know, like they're True. colorful and fun. But my 17-year-old, he's not thrilled when his stuff comes. He's not. <laughs> <laughs> not. My soon-to-be nine-year-old is getting more and more like that. She's like, ah, that's a lot of pages to read. <laughs> yeah, like, and I know what that means. I know what that box means. <laughs> But, yeah, it's hard for us to to choose sometimes. It can be overwhelming. There's a lot of information out there. I I have always thought my number one um, advice for new, new homeschoolers is maybe not to go to, like, KathyDuffyReviews.com because I found it completely overwhelming when I first started uh, to go on. She's great. It's a great resource. Don't get me wrong. But. It, it was hard when you when you don't know what you're getting into and you go there and there's, you know, 500 different curriculums for one subject and you feel like you're going to choose the, the wrong one. <laughs> it's going to ruin my kids or I'm going to spend money and end up not liking it and having to spend more money to get something new. So it can definitely be overwhelming. Well, you know, that's funny because Kathy Dusty was one of the first books that I consulted when I first started homeschooling. Oh, wow. Well, there you go. See, maybe it's yeah. just our different personality. It's, uh, it's good to understand your personality. <laughs> well, you know what? I think also that was over 10 years ago. So it was not quite – she didn't have quite as much stuff in there. It was a little bit easier to digest because now it's – you know, she's done so much more in this past decade that I think then it was just a little easier to go through – some of that and look through it. True. I well, I don't know how much I actually how much advice I actually took, but it, it did get my feet wet in knowing what was out there at that well, time. Well that's good. And what would you suggest for a new homeschooler looking at curriculum? Well I would suggest if you are someone who has a homeschool support network, if you're if there's a co op in your area or if you're involved with um, if people at your church are homeschooling, or you're involved with the homeschool groups on Facebook, 
or something of that, you know, something of that nature, one of the social media outlets, I would suggest kind of asking around because what you're doing is you're asking people that are in the trenches, people that are using it, people that are doing it. I wouldn't, I try to avoid being overwhelmed because there's a good thing about what we have out there today. Almost everything that is out there is good, solid stuff. We have, I mean, the homeschool publishers are phenomenal. Sometimes when we say, oh, that wasn't good or that was, people, it's not necessarily that when people say it wasn't good, it wasn't that it's not good, it's that it just didn't fit their house, you know, it didn't fit their homeschool, it didn't fit their children. Most of the stuff out there is solid. Most of it's good. So you're not going to necessarily make a mistake by getting something that's junky. If anything, it just won't fit, but you can work with that. You can still work around that. So I would suggest, you know, asking around or possibly if the idea of choosing subject by subject is overwhelming, to look into, like, my father's world, uh, Tapestry of Grace, um, Classical Conversations, Abeka, something that has more of a kind of a box curriculum. And if the if you're like me and that's a little too boxy and you like to think outside <laughs> of the box, then I would suggest if you want an idea of, like, Sunlight and Tapestry of Grace and my father's world, I don't necessarily consider them your box curriculum because they really do go beyond those boundaries a bit. And I like their approach. The approach isn't very traditional. So they're good places to start. But if you're like, well, I want to try a bunch of stuff or I want this and I want that. And I would suggest going to Timberdoodle because if you go to Timberdoodle, they do have a bunch of stuff, you know, they sell individual products, but they also put together um, those products, all those individual things into curriculum by grade levels. So you can just go to their site and click on grade level, and you can click on the third grade curriculum, and they'll list out a whole bunch of stuff there for you of the things that they have picked for a third grade student from all the stuff on their site. And they pick great things. I love it. Sometimes I go there just to get suggestions when I'm burned out or I'm at a block and I can't quite think of what, you know, what I want to try next. I think that, you know, that gives you a nice little outline of, a little introduction of piecing together your curriculum is Timberdoodle or starting out in a box curriculum is the best way to go because you want to get a baseline on how your kid responds and how what kind of time you have to put into it. It's so important to develop. Your homeschool doesn't revolve around your curriculum. So remember that because we think it does, but it doesn't. Your homeschool doesn't revolve around your life. So it's okay to take a year to get a baseline on how your homeschool is going to work before you start taking the plunge and piecing together a bunch of stuff. No, that's some really good advice about yeah, just being understanding that you your homeschool is your own. It's not run by your curriculum. And so we have the flexibility to try new things as we want to, but also to start, you know, just get a foundational Set, you know, before we get going with it, to to see where everybody's at and assess everybody, um, which some, you know, that's the great thing about homeschooling is that we have that kind of flexibility to assess where each child is at each year and we don't have to teach to the test, right? <laughs> right. There's no test to teach to. <laughs> <laughs> um now, one of the main things that we do want to remember, though, because some of some of these curriculums are really expensive, and we talked about this last week, but we do want to to outline a budget, and that that does tend to 
you know, give us some structure for how we choose our curriculum is based on what our budget is because some curriculums cost a lot more than others. And we talked about this last week in our episode on budgeting for homeschool, but if you need to stick to more free stuff, we talked about easy peasy homeschooling online. And that's um, a free resource, and there's other free resources, or there's more expensive curriculums uh, that you can can purchase. I know Sunlight's one of those more expensive ones. They have such great material, but it, and it's so all inclusive. I know that's why it costs so much, but it is pricey. <laughs> so, but I know right, a lot of people who use it and love it. It uh, is versus yeah. uh, my father's world. I think is more if you're talking box curriculum sets. I think my father's world is more in the middle. I, I think that once you have an idea of how you want to conduct your homeschool, you may not need to purchase in that particular way, but it's often it's kind of nice. It's it's kind of a relief and comforting to know that, you know, it's all laid out. Like if you're a Charlotte Mason homeschooler, if that's, the, you know, literature-based and you want to do um, sunlight, it's nice to know that you can just go there, buy it, and you're getting quality stuff. But you don't necessarily have to do that either. I mean, you can pick, you know, pick and choose or do your own thing, and it might be cheaper that way. So once you kind of get an idea of how you want to conduct your homeschool, how your kids learn, how, what they respond to best, you know, that, that will help you pick as well. We want to make sure that we are, you know, we're, we have to give respect to the budget, and we've discussed that already. So if you want to hear more about that, then check us out, um, episode 11, you'll find it, and hear all about that. But that is one factor in choosing. We also want to make sure that um, we are choosing based on our being very realistic with our time because it's so easy to fall into the trap of this is the greatest curriculum ever because everybody says so, but, oh, my goodness, it means that I have to turn my dining room into a this big, huge timeline, and it takes four hours a day, and I just don't have that kind of time. But I'll fail my kids if I don't do it. Well, that's you're not going to fail your kids if you don't do it. A lot of us have a lot of things we're doing. You know, you might be working out of your home. You might have kids that are involved in a lot of things, and there's nothing wrong with that. They might be involved in sport. You might have several kids that are involved. I have three kids, and they all have different activities. One alone has karate and softball and guitar, and the other one has ballet and gymnastics. She's going to take voice lessons, and my son's just figuring out how to get a 32 on the ACTs. And because um, he's, I think the last, his last one, he got a practice, and it was like a 27, and he's trying to get like a 30. And so, I mean, it's like they're all doing something. You know, they've all got something that they're doing, and you're running around, and, you know, I don't have time to do a lot. So you have to pick and choose. Where, what do your kids need the most time in? Where can you put that time? What kind of time do you have? Do you have an elderly parent living with you that you're taking care of? Do you have babies and toddlers? Your children, I promise you, are not going to suffer because you didn't take that time-consuming curriculum that maybe someone else did. They're not, and it's not a superiority thing. You know, it's not like, oh, they're such a good homeschooler because they spent all this time with their kids. I hear that a lot because I sit side-by-side side with one of my kids when she does school. And when they know that I do this, they're like, oh, my gosh, you're such a good homeschooler. Well, I don't homeschool as long as you think I would. It's just that I'm very active for a certain amount of time. So it's, it's only a couple hours that it's, it only takes a few hours. But I'm like that because she's dyslexic. So what that means is because I have a child that's dyslexic and she requires added time, it means that in other subjects, 
I might have to choose something else. I chose a uh, math program that was uh, student-directed for my 8-year-old because I knew I needed time with my 11-year-old. So while she was doing math, I could be, you know, working with my 11-year-old. And so you have to be realistic because I would be going crazy right now if I chose these hands-on curriculum for every subject for both of my kids and then on top of that, homeschooling high school. I, I wouldn't, and working out of my home. I mean, I, I barely have time now to keep them all in clean underwear. I don't know what I would do if I added in hours more of school. So, and you know what? They're all learning, and they're doing great. Um, I like to use, not to brag, but I do like to use my older kids as examples, only because it shows how much that they can overcome a parent who sometimes fails, not to toot my own horn. I'll say how my daughter does, you know, she was homeschooled till ninth grade, and she went into school, she graduated salutatorian, she got a 4.1 GPA, she did amazing, always had done amazing once she got to school. That, and people are like, oh, you were such a good homeschooler, she got it from you. No, I, I tell you that to encourage you that I made mistakes, and I didn't always spend tons of time. I didn't always get the best curriculum, the most expensive one, and she succeeded. My son gets super high scores. In my state, you, some, you have to take, there's two ways to fulfill the law. One of them was taking standardized tests. He scored super high. I never knew it was on the test. I had no clue. I had no idea. And he took ACT, took it blind. He got a 27. And that is a testament to him, not to me. That's, he was able to do that despite me, Re regardless of the mistakes I made, regardless of this curriculum didn't work. What a waste. This didn't work. Oh, okay, now we got to find what's going to work for you. You know, all that trial, trial and error we go through, and we beat ourselves up about it because we think, oh, that was a waste. We spent, it was the wrong math curriculum, they're going to suffer. It was the wrong this, they're going to suffer. Or I can't afford this, they're going to suffer. I can't put the time into it. These kids did so well, and I made all those mistakes that you're fearing you will make. I made them all, and we did well. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, no, you're, you're completely right. We have to think of our time um, and what we're able to put into it because our kids have things that they're involved in and we, you know, if you work from home or if you have co-op, all those things take up time during the week and we have to choose our curriculum based on our schedule uh, and what we can actually accomplish. Um, I think we also need to choose our curriculum based on our own teaching style and our children's learning styles. And sometimes that actually takes some time to figure out. Um, I'm going on year four or five of homeschooling, and it's taken me this long to figure out and get comfortable with how I actually like to teach. So you were talking about, you know, uh, the mom who doesn't want to take her whole kitchen down to do a timeline. I hate crafts. I really don't enjoy crafts, <laughs> <laughs> and it's messy, and I've got two, you know, tiny kids that if they get even near a glue stick, like eat it or, you know, just empty it immediately, markers, you know, end up all over their body and, you know, random books that might be out. So it just feels more chaotic to me than, you know, educational. And <laughs> and I, I'm under, I've come to understand now that I don't, have to feel bad about that. We do craft every once in a while. My kids will ask, you know, can we do a craft? And yes, we, we do a craft at that time, but it's not something that I have to accomplish weekly with them or much less daily. Um, and so I think one of 
the the things I would suggest. If you have a curriculum that, you know, if it suggests doing a lot of crafts um, or doing something else, maybe it has a, a really long book list and you just don't feel like you have the time, I don't think that that means you have to buy an entirely new curriculum. You're allowed, this is the whole thing we were talking about, your curriculum does not control you. You are allowed to change your curriculum in without getting rid of it. You can reform what it um, asks you to do in a month and pick and choose what you want to do out of it. So don't do the entire book list if you don't want it. Pick and choose from that book list which books you would like to read. Um, if If you don't like doing crafts, don't do all the crafts or pick the ones that are less messy or whatever you like to do with it. So it's that whole idea that a curriculum does not control you. You control it and you control, you're the teacher and you control what you're, you are teaching your kids. And if your kids miss out on one craft or more than one, they're not going to be ruined and not learn anything just because you did that. So yeah, we are way harder important. on ourselves. Yeah. We're really yes. hard on ourselves when it comes to that. Yeah. I, and, Another consideration, I mean, of course, like we said, we mentioned budget, we mentioned um, being realistic with your time, mentioned, you know, not being too hard on yourself, but, um, and maybe what a new person can do, but we also have to um, mention learning styles and teaching styles. That does play a role. If you have a child that, um, I, you know, has difficulty reading, you might want to do, you know, change how you're teaching something. If you have a child that loves to read, then you may want to change, how, you know, the particular curriculum. A, children, a child that learns um, more hands-on, more visual learner may like right-start math as opposed to some, you know, facts in math, you know, or, you know, that type of thing. So I, I think that what you need to do is figure out how your child responds to a curriculum. And also keep in mind that just because they don't respond well to it doesn't mean they didn't learn from it. It doesn't mean that they, you know, all math curriculum in the end, one plus one is two. It doesn't matter how they learned it. It doesn't matter if they learned it with carrot sticks or they learned it with actual numbers. In the end, one plus one is always two. And if in the end that's what they learned, then it was fine. You did okay. But then you might say, well, they know one plus one is two, but I think it really helped them out when I used more of a hands-on approach. Okay, well, next year get something with more of a hands-on approach. Or we didn't need to do all that hands-on stuff. That was a lot of time, and my kid just, like, went right through it. I mean, I remember buying all these counting bears, and I put out this flash card, and I told my daughter, I said, okay, put three counting bears here, or or how many are here, put three there. And she looks at the card, and she goes, five. I'm like, no, 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 you're supposed to take – three bears and then two bears to make five. And she's like, but it's five. And I'm like, okay. Guess she didn't need the counting bears because she already knew what it was. So every kid is different. So you might want to, obviously you take that into account into how you're going to choose um, a curriculum that fits your kid. And if you are someone that wants to piece together things, People always ask me, because that's what I do, is they'll ask me what curriculum I'm using, and I'm like, okay, for which subject? Because I use something different for every subject. And they think that sounds very overwhelming. It is time-consuming, or it was in the beginning. It's not so much now. But a simple way to do it is to write down, go child by child, write down on a piece of paper. You know, it doesn't have to be an Excel spreadsheet unless that's your thing. And and probably you would do it much better if you did. I just don't know Excel, so I'm not good at it. 
write down your kid, you know, like I have a kid, Kara. I'll write down Kara, and I'll write down all the subjects I want to teach her, math, English, grammar, science, history. And then I might want to look at that list and say, okay, well, I've got a kid that's only a few years older than her. I want to share history, and I want to share science, and I want to do Bible. We're going to do those together. So I'll take that off my list, and I'll put that on the list of what I'm going to choose for both of them. And then I go math, and I go, okay, what's the best math curriculum for that grade? What's good? What am I gonna What am I gonna look at? And then how does What is the best way for her to learn? And that's it. That's how you just go around it. It's not really that big of a deal. I just take it subject by subject. I research the best curriculum that I could in that particular subject, and then from those, I then chose the ones that would fit my child. And then once I got narrowed that list down, I went with what I could afford. And it was subject by subject, so it did get it does take a little bit of time. But, you know, once you've done that a little bit for a little bit, um, it's not that hard to do it the next year or the year after. But keep in mind you're going to make mistakes. Always know that going in. You're going to buy something that is not going to work, and that's okay. You can either try to make it work or you can sell it and buy something else. But it is okay. And that's you a good not way to save time. money is to be able to sell it um, the next year. So that's good. Yeah. And you don't waste time if – yeah, because you did learn something. It's always profitable. You learned that that particular style didn't work for your kids, so you learned to avoid that. And they did learn something from it. They really did. I mean, I guess. I tried an online curriculum once. One year we tried K-12. And I have found that people either love it or they hate it. And that's an online That's school, what I've so that's figured like, out, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's schooling at home. It's not really homeschooling. It's, you know, it's because you're part of an organization. You're not – you don't control it. So it's not necessarily homeschooling. It's it's um, it's an actual public school is actually what it is. It's just online. And we tried it one year, and my daughter did fine with it, my older, my eldest daughter. My son, he always got good grades with it, but the kid, he said to me, he goes, I am not learning anything. I want to be homeschooled again. He's like, I'm just not learning. Because for him, it's not because K-12 is bad. It's because he was just checking things off because they have a checklist. It's well organized. Well, he would just look at his checklist and make sure he did everything in his checklist and he's done. And that's it. That's all he did. He made sure he got the grades they wanted, and that was it. He wasn't absorbing anything. He was just getting it done to get it done. My eldest daughter, um, she learned from it. She was fine with it, but we stopped it because it's not my style. But So if, I guess that's the only example I could take away of the idea that I really don't think he did learn much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he did that year. I think that he was kind of like, what? But he's fine now. <laughs> they recover. They recover. They will, they'll be okay despite our failings. But, yeah, you, learning style, budget, you're being realistic with your time, uh, those are your main elements. It's just that it's overwhelming because there's just so many options. But there's always going to be something. You know, there's just always, it's almost like you just have to stop going to the store. You're always going to find something else. And, you know, that's not, you can't keep doing that. You can't switch curriculum just because something else looks cool. It's going to confuse your kids. (laughs) Okay, so i got to ask you, name a couple of your top picks for this year to share with everyone. Well, my top pick for this year I had, I started out with my kids all doing the same math, and... Then I switched my eight-year-old twice. Oh, see, talk about failing. I've been homeschooling for how many years? 
my oldest is in college now. So I've been homeschooling for 15, 14 years, something like that. And my poor eight-year-old has had this year alone three math curriculums. She started out <laughs> in Matthew C., and I was like, Matthew C., oh, this is moving. I bought, kind of bought the wrong level, but the next level was not quite right. So I was like, uh. So, I put, so what I did was I gave her my daughter's old teaching textbooks after that because I didn't buy it. I already had it. I thought, you know what, I'm just going to put her on that. I put her on that. She absolutely hated it. I loved it because it was completely independent. She absolutely hated it. She's doing well with it, but she hated it. And then I was going to make her finish it because she was doing well. She just is a kid that likes interaction. I had happened on um, a Masterbooks website, and I saw Math for a Living Education. I saw an ad for it, and I went onto their website, and it was a Charlotte Mason approach. I'm not one for workbooks, so I almost didn't get it, just, you know, just, for, just a workbook. Well, I decided to give it a shot. I got it on sale. I gave it a shot, and I love it. Absolutely love it, and she loves it. It's Charlotte Mason in its approach. There's copy work. It's just the, the way it's done, short lessons, but they're meaningful and short lessons. So for math, that is my, it's my little find that I absolutely love, and I'm very happy with that. I'm very happy with Logic of English. I've used it before. We're using it again. I started it before, and then I switched to something. See, now you're going to get a theme here. Rochelle switches a lot. But <laughs> I only I, – I, but in my defense, I switched because I was reviewing a product, and I hardly started Logic of English at the time, and I was reviewing something else that would replace it, which was great. But then I started Logic of English because it included grammar and spelling, and – I love that it includes all of those things, and I love that my kid is thriving on it. And it's very easy to implement, even though it's like this Ernst Dillingham method that people are like, oh, gosh, it seems so complicated, but it's really not. And it's all right there, laid out for you, easy to do. And it, even though it takes 40-some minutes to do it, for the most part, you still fit in grammar and spelling and your reading. So whereas some of the reading programs that last like 40 minutes, you didn't really touch on spelling or grammar, and you have to do addition to that. And I like the idea that it came together. So the, those are two of my favorites as far as that's concerned. Um, history, I like not best. That's one of my favorites this year, too. It, I like the way it's laid out. They're for um, older. Are they most of theirs are for, is that middle school level, or do they have elementary stuff? They used to only have the upper levels, but now they start at fifth grade. So okay. they used to only be, I think they used to only have high school, but now they do start at fifth grade. And they sell two books. It's like one semester and then the next semester. But we only do history a few times a week. So that set that's supposed to last a year will last me two years. So that was good. It was even a good deal for me that way. Do you feel like so those, it, that is something that if you have a fifth grader, but your other kids are younger, you could still do it and do it as a family? Yes, I I do because my um, Alyssa is in sixth grade and Kara is in third grade. So I used it because I thought it was kind of like would hit it right in the middle and they do it together and it's worked out really well. Okay. So I, what do you I like use for like science? That. I use Christian Kids Explore. We did exploring um, or science one year and then we did chemistry. And it's that, you know what I like about that one? I'm glad you mentioned that. What I like about that one is often when we get these science curriculum, it'll give you a science list of things that you need to buy. And it's like, what in the world? 
what do I, where, where do they think that, and they act like you can get it at your local store. Well, my local store isn't run by, you know, the mad scientist down the street. So I don't know where they think I'm getting some of this stuff. But with Christian Kids Explore, they actually, there's stuff that they want you to buy in their list is very easy to find and inexpensive. And a lot of it I already had. So I was really pleased with that, that it wasn't something that was like, oh, no, i got to get all this big list of stuff. However, there is oh homeschool science tools. You'll have to Google it. See, this is how you can tell Lindsay and I come on here totally like, without a script because we're here like, there's this great resource. We just can't think of what it is. It's homeschool <laughs> science tools, something like that. Google it. They will have kits for apologia and science uh, curriculum where you can just buy it all. You don't have to go searching for well, it anymore. Well, that's actually what we do is because we have apologia, and it is it was such a relief to not – I hate doing the shopping list thing it just won't happen that is one of those things that I know my personality and I know my time and the whole like taking a shopping list to the store for experiments fine is not going to happen so um we we do apologia and I bought a box set of experiments and it is so nice <laughs> to just it I is. bought ours on christianbooks.com though they have them on there too and I um yeah it was just it was such a relief to not have to think about that and then the kids just even know where to go and take out the kit and we just follow the directions and that's it yeah it's because so, i had apologia for my older daughter and now my Alyssa, she she wants to use the apologia book next year because i was trying to okay it is it is home oh it's called home science tools there you go. I looked it up for you guys. Home science tools. They, um, you'll be able to find, so you won't have to worry about that anymore. You can click on it, and they have all these science kits. It's not always um, based on the curriculum. They have homeschool curriculum kits, and they also have other science things on it. So, you know, so if you're not using a curriculum, you're like, well, I'm not using that. That site won't apply to me. They still have a lot of other things on there as well. It's just one of the things that they have that I think makes it awesome because I could go on there and just buy everything from Apologia. And I'll probably do that again because I have the Apologia book, the physical science book, which I'll probably do with Alyssa next year. So we'll buy the whole kit all over again. And, and then they also have the journaling books. They also have the journaling books that include, like, copy work and little craft things to do their easy, um, like, paper craft things and uh, just to help bring it all home at the end of the lesson and they have one for like junior level and for for older children i like that yeah yeah that is that is nice so that they'll help out a little bit when you're because that's one thing you do have to think about when you're picking a science curriculum like how much time is going to be spent in it but also keep in mind that you only have to do science once or twice a week and you only have to do history twice a week or once a week i mean you can design it any way that you want you don't have to right. stress yourself out and you don't have to have a lab in your <laughs> a homeschool lab for you just to teach your kids some science either no that's that's totally true well i think we have come upon the time for to end this today and we want to thank you all for joining us on um our episode all about how to choose your homeschool curriculum we would actually really like to hear from you uh if you want to visit us on our facebook page facebook.com slash talking mom to mom 
Um, that's with the number two mom to mom. Or you can email us at info at talkingmomtomom.com. Share with us your favorite curriculum resources. We would love to hear what's working for your what's working for your children right now and share that with us. And if you have any questions, we'd love to cover that here on the podcast. It, um, we enjoy hearing from you and getting to know you better. Uh, join us next week for a special Mother's Day episode. Um, we will um, see you then. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for listening to Talking Mom to Mom with Lindsay and Thank you for listening to Talking Mom to Mom with Lindsay and Rochelle. Talking Mom to Mom is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. <laughs>